in the beginning. That's what the song was telling us about. That's a, a phrase that I, I'm sure that you've heard. It was the classic joke kids would say. Where, where, does the, where, where in the Bible can you find the mention of baseball? Right? That was the, the joke. Right at the beginning, Genesis 1-1, in the big inning. That's the way the joke went. Today is Checkpoint Sunday. For those of you who don't know Checkpoint, we try to make it a week that's not just in the regular flow. So we try to break whatever it is we're doing so that we can pay attention. And what we try to do at Checkpoint is to remember what God has done, ancient, distant past, more recent past, my past. We try to reevaluate where we are. Am I at the place right now where I would like to be? Am I living in the way that I think that God is directing me? Am I getting to where I would like to be? And if you're not, if you're like most of us and you're not, then that's the reevaluate part. We get astray. It happens. So we choose to refocus. We choose to say, okay, now I want to I choose to redirect myself. I want to put myself back into that place where my mind, my heart, my relationships reflect the desire that I have to be closer to God. And so that's what we use a checkpoint Sunday for. And it fits into our um, the theme that we use. We, we describe that what we're doing together as a church is a road trip. And we say, on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Christ, we find hope and freedom in the love of Jesus. And that's what we welcome other people to come with us on the road trip. And so periodically on a road trip, we stop to remember to reevaluate and to refocus. So we, we stop the journey for a second to, to make sure we know where we are. And so that's a uh, checkpoint. And that generosity thing we mentioned earlier, it's the time, treasure, and ch- talent. It's a really good way to see what am I investing in? My life, my choice, my resources, what will I do with them? And so that's why we say well, one of the best ways you can live is to, is to frame yourself into a generous lifestyle with your time, with your treasure, and what you're, with your talent. So where are you in that? Have you been doing what you believe is the best course for you? Are you letting God speak into that to say, how can you touch somebody else's life? Are you investing in somewhere else and something else? And so as a church, what we, what we try to do is to help you to grow in faith. It is our desire that you would have the faith to live. Faith is not something that you have in your head and you just think happy thoughts. Faith is a way that we will go forward. And we get kind of tricked by this because the way we talk about Christianity is it's a faith. It's a belief. But this belief that we have must impact the way that we live. Not just the way that we think and not just the way that we think when it's convenient. Faith to live is what we're trying to help you do. And so everything that we do at the church is designed to help you grow in your faith. And so we, we've have, we list out a, a list of five faith catalysts that enable you, um, that enable us to structure these experiences into places where your faith can grow because that's our desire. We want those things to happen. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about faith catalysts. First, we're going to do um, Easter. And we're going to count down to Easter using a series called um, Tough as Nails, where we're going to count down looking um, through the life, what, what happened to Jesus as we approach this Easter thing. Um, and Good Friday comes in there, and Sharon Izinga has been pulling together some fantastic ideas for a Good Friday service. So uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of that. That will be Good Friday, 10 a.m. here. And that's part of our Easter weekend. Uh, the, the conclusion of the Toughest Nails series comes on Easter Sunday. 
and the toughest nails, we're looking at the life of Jesus, what he went through, but also in the context of what does it mean to be a Christian in a world that doesn't say, thank you, I'm so glad that you're a Christian. In a world where it's sometimes difficult, and there's challenges, we face adversity. How will we live to be as tough as nails? So that's the idea of what we're going through there. Um, so I told you about the Good Friday. I told you about the uh, Easter Sunday, but in the middle of that, uh, one of the scenarios that we believe is to live things out. You, you, you must do. And so tonight is the next session of Into Sunday Night. So if you would like to have a place where you can get together and kind of just chat more about some of this stuff, we, we have a, a group of people that, will get, that gets together. We're, we're going to pray. We're going to follow a study, a, a very helpful video-based kind of curriculum that uh, six to seven minutes of video that helps us to look at a specific section of Scripture and then we, we, we talk about it. We enjoy each other. We'd love it if you could be part of that. And your, your questions are welcome in that kind of environment. We want you to move along with us this road trip. We go together. And so because we're all on the road trip, it, it doesn't really matter where you are in perspective to someone else. We're all going together. So you, you don't have to qualify. There's not a test to get in. It's a chance to learn together. And to realize that the Christian life is best lived when you do it together. It's not something you're supposed to do on your own. So how do you connect with that? So into uh, Sunday night is tonight. And that's one of the ways that we want to help your faith grow. We want to give you the opportunity for you to be around some practical teaching. We want you to be in some providential relationships. We want those things to be part of it. So that's one of the scenarios. The, uh, the, the, the Saturday of the Easter weekend is the next place. So we've got something else that's coming up for that. So we have Good Friday 10 a.m. We have Easter Sunday, 10 a.m. Saturday. Sarah, would you come and tell us a little bit more about this whole Saturday of the Easter weekend thing, please? Morning. She didn't get any applause. <laughs> yeah, it's Sarah. Not necessary yeah, at all. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. So um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's going to happen on Saturday, April 20th. So from about 10.30 till 12.30, the town of Stouffville is hosting an Easter event right here on Main Street. Um, and the community's uh, invited to come out and just enjoy some family-friendly activities. There's going to be everything for, from searching for clues up and down Main Street to receiving um, some treats for the kids. Um, and so last year, I believe there was in the range of 300 people that attended this event um, that participated. So that presents us as a church uh, a really incredible opportunity to engage and connect with our community. So we believe that God wants us, um, or wanted us, to have this really unique building right in the middle of downtown Stouffville um, for a reason, so that we could be a really active part of our community. Uh, and we believe that part of our missions is outreach that's literally just outside our door. So this event and events like it allow us to extend that love and joy of the environment that we have here at Into One to our community, um, to take it outside of these doors. Um, we know that for some people, it can be a really big step to go to church. Sometimes it can be hard to come here on a Sunday morning for all kinds of reasons. It can be scary, a bit intimidating, or for whatever reason, just not desirable to go to church on a Sunday morning. But we want people to know that this is a warm, loving, and safe place for people. Now, we definitely want them to come out and experience this on a Sunday morning or in a small group. But first, we need to build some trust 
rapport, connection, and relationships. And a really fantastic way that we can start to do that and to build that positive association with church is to engage with our community and build relationships in events like this. So our plan is to be a part of this with a variety of activities that will allow us to kind of talk and engage with the kids and the parents alike. Um, so some of the things that we'll be doing is giving out a fun snack item, um, hand stamps for kids. Um, our very own Lucy Resendez has graciously and joyously offered to dress up as an Easter bunny. Um, we also hope to have a small petting area where kids can interact with some live animals. So this is where you come in. We need volunteers to make this happen, to um, facilitate the activities, but more importantly, to have that engagement with the community. We want your faces and your spirit and your love to be part of what reaches out, and so we need help um, with that. So um, I know that Saturdays can be really busy. It is for us too. Um, it's a two-hour time commitment, but even if you can't do the full two hours, let us know what time you can help and we can make that work. Um, but this is just a really great opportunity for us to be involved, to be on mission, and to really reach our community in a positive way. Um, so we would love for you to sign up for that. There's a sign-up sheet at uh, intoone.ca, and let us know that you can help out. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. If, if I just got on my phone, and I just went, right this second... I could get onto that page. And look at that, there are options to sign up and the options include time availability. What a great idea. So I could sign up to just set up if I wanted to before 10.30, or I could sign up to be kind of like 10.30 to 11.30, or I could sign up for 11.30 to 12.30, or I could sign up for the cleanup, or I could sign up for two of those. You've got the options, you can sign up. Right now, this has got to be one of the, the techniques that we use to help us get past what's comfortable, what's easy, right? If we keep doing the things the way that we've always done them, then the things that always happen will continue to happen. If we want something new to happen, if you want something new to awaken in you, then the way that you live must necessarily be different than the way it used to be. We're just trying to help you find a new path, something else to say, I can take this to the next level, I can take it to the next step. And the reason that we keep pushing the sign-up part is because we do it poorly. And I understand why. I don't want to say, I'm not sure, let me check my calendar, I want to get back to it. But the way I do it, and maybe if you want to be as honest as I am, say, I'm not terribly thrilled about the whole notion, so why commit to it up front? We know the way the Facebook invite works, right? Yes means no, no means no, Maybe means no. That's how Facebook signups work. Maybe yes becomes I'm interested. But we don't actually plan on doing these things, and so we want to help you. What can you do that might actually grow your faith, that might actually make a difference in our community? And we think that putting this before you is one of those opportunities. We need people with all the different kind of gift sets to be involved, a face, a smile, an atmosphere, someone who can engage in a conversation if it's just like, Hey, did you get the candy yet? Or oh, over here, if you want to get the sticker, have you had a chance? We didn't mention the raffle. We have a giveaway that we're going to do this year. Never before done it into one. We are going to have a ballot that you get to sign up for. It's a guessing game. You can only do it live. You put the, the raffle in, and we have real gifts, good gifts, not focused on Dollarama gifts. 
all right? Actual prizes that are there. So this is something that you can use to invite somebody else to be a part of it, but this is a way that we want to try and encourage the community that, that does come. When Sarah says there was about 300 people, what she means is we gave out stuff to about 300 people, but 300 people don't come. 300 people come with other people. So the, re the reality is, if you look at Main Street on any normal day, it's empty. There's one or two people out there. On this Saturday morning, there will be hundreds of people out. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it rains, they come. It doesn't matter if it snows, they come. They come at, at Halloween as well, and we have a, an opportunity there. But there is no other church that's in the heart of the downtown that will be involved in this event. It is a unique spot for us to be able to say, we want you to enjoy your town. We want to be part of the fun that you have. We want you to associate us with things being better in your life. And the only way we can really do that is if we have people who can come and bring that to life. And so it doesn't matter what age you are. There's spots that kids can be participating as well to show that it's okay and that it's safe and it can be fun. We want there to be a smile attached to this building. So when people walk by, they have a pleasant association, which helps them to have a pleasant association with maybe the people, with maybe what they do, with maybe even their God. Because that is our mission, to let people know that God loves you. And how can we tell them if no one will listen? And how will they listen if, the, if our whole atmosphere is one that says, stay away, you're not good enough to be here. And unfortunately, that's been the way church has been for so many years. We want to work on changing that. And so we're not going to do the same things that have always been done because we want a different result. And I hope that you can be part of that different result with us. Um, so go back to in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things that were made all things were made, and through him, nothing, without him, nothing was made that has been made. That is the beginning of the gospel of John, and we have heard that, but if you hear that, that passage, there are parts that even if you have a limited association to church, you, you hear something, that sounds kind of like another place. That sounds kind of like another story. And if we were to flip back in our Bibles all the way to the beginning, we'd get to Genesis 1-1 where it says, in the beginning, God, right? That's a great beginning. In the beginning, God. So actually, accurately, it would be before the beginning, God. But the scripture says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and void and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. If you can think of both those passages, we had the first one that said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He was with God. Okay, so that sort of sounds like there's more than one there, right? And then we get to the Genesis, it goes, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, um, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we have a we have a, a separation there too, right? 
there's a, there's a God and then there's a spirit of God. And the first one we had a God and then there was the word of God. And if you put these passages together, um, the, the idea that's being framed here is that there's a teamwork. There is a dance that happens between these characters that were known as God, the spirit of God, and the word of God. And the word of God shows up in Genesis 1, 1 or Genesis 1, 3, when it's how did God create? Well, if you look at it, it says, uh, and God, what was next? Said. Yeah. And God said. So we, we have this, this idea. This is how God as Trinity works together. Heavenly Father initiates through the action of the Son, also known as the Word, the light of the world, by the power of the Spirit. Initiated through the, by the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Spirit. That's the way God chooses to work. And we say, well, couldn't there be a more efficient way? Why doesn't God just do it? But there's these three members, these three persons of the Trinity that decide that they are in relationship and that they will work together. And the way they do it, I think the best way to say it is they dance. There is a dance together where at one point, one becomes the lead, one becomes dominant, but it, the dance only works when they all dance together. And this is somewhat of the description that God chooses to use with us when he says that I want to work with you in relationship that my, my, my plan for the world is that they would know that I am love and they will know that I am love because you will show them. You. And you say, God, couldn't you be more efficient than using me because I'm not really all that good. I'm not that smart. I don't think I, I, I love all that well. I keep falling down. I keep messing up. God, I think you've got a better plan than just me. And he goes, no. My only plan is you. We work in partnership with God the Father who initiates the idea, who has brought this to life through Jesus by the power of the Spirit to empower you to be at work in this world. And so when we say there's this thing that sort of sounds a little bit silly, it's the egg explorers. What are they going to do? They're coming around, just a bunch of kids who go, we're going to manifest, we're going to bring to life, we're going to get dressed up in the love of God so that we can display it to someone else and build a relationship so that maybe we can have a conversation so that maybe we would be able to care, full stop. Doesn't have to be, maybe I'll get them to do what I want, just that I'll be able to have a relationship so that they will know that I care, that I love, and then I can explain why I care. But we're, we're, we're not trying to take them, we're not trying to force them anywhere. We're trying to gently compel people into the presence of God so that they would love him so that they would know that they are loved by him. And that's why we say, this is something that we would like you to do, not because it's an event that we want to do. We don't want to do events. What we want to do is take opportunities to in invest in the community around us. How can we make it the best possible community? We believe that it'll be the best possible community with more Jesus. When, when Jesus comes more into our community, when the kingdom of God comes to life around us, that's when we sense that will be the best community that we can live in. And so that is why we want to invest in our community, and that is why we want you to be there, because as soon as you give and as soon as you risk just a little bit, as soon as it costs you something, that generosity involves cost, as soon as you have that experience, then your connection with God increases. And, and, I, and I can't make that happen for you. I, 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 can't, I can't force that upon you. There's, there's no amount of, of, of teaching that I can say, and now, now you have faith in God. Faith, faith comes in this moving relationship. God, I hope you show up because I'm nervous. 
I don't know what I'd say. I don't, I don't even know how to have a conversation. I don't know how to start one. God, I think I might need you. It's the same way that it happens when we decide, well, I'm going to give. And you say, well, because I don't have any money. How am I going to give? I, I don't have enough. Oh, God, I'm going to have to trust you. I'm going to have to trust that, that, that what, I, what, what I give away, you'll still, you'll still take care of me, right? You, that, this is what faith looks like. It's never to the place where you go, there's no risk. Risk is part of the relationship, and the risk is what brings it to life. And if there is no risk, then there's no opportunity for God to show up and amaze you. And that's what we want. We want your faith to grow so that where you were five years ago is not where you will be five years from now. Your ability to trust God in in the regular will increase. Your ability to trust God in the fantastic will increase. But your ability to trust God in the midst of the horrible will increase. And if it increases, then your ability to live life in whatever you're in increases. That sense of hope, that trust that that God is going to pull this through. I don't know how this works out, and I don't know when it works out. But my faith has grown to say that it can. It will. And because the relationship grows strong, we can also get to the same place that that, uh, the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got to when they were going towards the fiery furnace, if you know this story. They, they, they They were... in this place, the king said, you bow down to me or else you go into the furnace. We, we kill you. We, we burn you. And uh, they replied back to the king, go, man, you're making a lot of good points, but here's the problem. My God can save me. And then they said, my God will save me. And then one step even farther, the one that blows my mind, they said, but even if he doesn't, I will still not bow down. I will trust him even when everything seems to go wrong. I will trust him that no matter how bad it gets, that somehow he will still be on my side and that we come through. And so the message that we try to tell you, we're going to talk about this more as we get tough as nails, but it's the we come through, we overcome, we bear up, under. That's what being a Christian looks like. The prayer of make it all never come, make it all never happen, make the bad stuff all go away. This is not the heart of a Christian prayer. God, give me the strength and the courage to bear up under. God, give me the strength, the courage, the sense of mission to overcome God, give me the the strength of character, the mission, the faith, the presence of your spirit, the vision of where I can go so that I might come through. And we know that we love those stories when somebody else comes through. We we, we know that our heart uh, reaches out and we go, that's amazing, I can't believe, I don't know how, I could never. But not for me. By faith. God can change that so that what you are used to doing doesn't have to become what you always do. In the beginning, there was God. Last week, we talked about how God demonstrates. Do you remember that? God demonstrates his love for us in this, that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you remember that? That idea that God demonstrates that he didn't just say it, 
He didn't just send a letter. He didn't just uh, say, wouldn't it be cool if he demonstrated him? By demonstrating, that means that, that God came here, that he decided, you know what? We, we, had, a, we had a phase one plan, and the phase one plan was, here's a, here's a bunch of guidelines, here's a bunch of rules that will help you to get where I would like you to be, to be the most joyful that you can be. But the, the whole way along was impaired by, we said, I really like what you're saying, however, I, I really like what you're getting at God here, but I'm going to come back to that on, well, for them, Saturday, for us, Sunday. Like for the rest of the week, I'm not going to bear with that. I really like what you're saying about these, but I just can't, I can't do them all. I can't do them all regularly. And so the, this idea of the focus on the rules and the laws, they go, it just, it didn't, it didn't get to the end. All, all we found out is that we, we, we can't do it. We can't actually do these things. And so there was a new plan that came, and the new plan is called the new covenant. And the new covenant came when Jesus came, and he said, here's another way, that the Spirit of God will empower you to do things that you have never done before, that you will move in a direction that is transformative. It's not just about, I have to do this because it says I have to. Now it becomes, I do this because I choose to. In response to the love that my Father has given to me, I will respond in obedience. I will risk. I will take a chance. I will trust. I will look for an opportunity and I will engage with that opportunity because I will be met by God in the midst of that. So God said, they're, they're not going to get it if we, if we just keep talking about it. We need to give them a demonstration. And so the demonstration was God says, I got this great idea. And go, we, we, we move to Jesus and, and do, okay, I'll go. I'll go. And so, so Jesus came, and, and as he lived on earth just like a regular person, all the things that he did, he did them in the power of the Holy Spirit as a regular human trusting in God to make these things come to life, not as a, a, a superhero who was just not putting his costume on. It was a man who chose to live just as a man trusting in God to move, and yet the whole time he was God, but he just said, I'm not going to God it up today. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm just going to trust like, like everybody else. And so they said, we, we, we've got we to show them what this was like. And so if we go to John 1.14, this is one of my favorite passages of the, the entire Bible. It says, the word became flesh. So Jesus, the, the way that God created the world through Jesus, the word, he became flesh. He became like, like me, not spirit anymore because the heavenly father is spirit. He became flesh, human, tangible, tactile, Easily scratched, easily harmed, easily damaged, easily betrayed, easily forsaken, easily misinterpreted, easily treated poorly. He became flesh and, and he made his dwelling among us. And then John's talking about it, what it was like. And we have seen, I was around him. And, and he came, he looks like flesh, but we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. This is what the church is to be. This is what you are supposed to be. This is what I am striving to become. Full of grace and truth. Not one or the other. Together. Full of grace and truth. And that, that, was, a, that was a helpful, I love that passage, but it got even better when, when we use uh, Eugene Peterson's um, paraphrase called the message. If you've never read it, I think it's very, very handy to be able to, to read it um, with some other uh, full kind of translations. This is a paraphrase. Same verse. The word became flesh and blood. And it moved into the neighborhood. 
didn't talk about what it would be like to be there. He actually put himself in the midst of that neighborhood and we saw the glory with our own eyes. The one-of-a-kind glory. We look at him, he's like, like father, like son. And he was generous, inside and out. True from start to finish. And that description, I think, is absolutely beautiful and so attractive. And, and as a church, not just this church, but as a big church, we, we've lost so much of that attractiveness because we decided that sometimes we were going to be all truth and then truth gets a little bit of condemnation and a little bit more finger wagging. Let me tell you the truth. And it might be true, but nobody could hear it. And they put a wall up and they say, I don't want any part of that. And they, they looked at us and they said, if, if, if that's what your God is like, I don't want any part of that. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't, I don't want to be around that kind of finger-wagging condemnation. And then other people said, you know what, it's going to be all grace no matter what you do, does it matter? They go, well, of course it matters. We all know that in any relationship. It matters what you do. If you treat people poorly, you have poor relationships. And then when you have poor relationships, you are not happy. The joy of your life is removed. So uh, of course it matters what you do. So grace is not, it doesn't matter what you do. You need the, both of them together. And the, the both of them together means this is the way to get to the most happiness that is possible for you. This is the way for joy to come in the midst of whatever it is you're in the midst of. Because we think happiness comes when I don't have hurt. But joy is wherever I am. That's what I want. I want a piece of that joy. I want a little bit more of that. The demonstration, God the Father initiates the idea that's lived out through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what we are called to be in the midst of. And so as you remember, reevaluate and um, refocus. Where are you on this path right now? How, how, did, how did March go for you? Are your relationships what you would like them to be? All of your relationships, not just the one that is good, the one that's hard, which is probably the one that's coming to your mind, because that other person's lousy to be around. There's been hard things. How do we reset? How do we refocus? How do I get to be the person that I want to be? And if I keep doing what I've always done, then what has always happened will continue to happen. And maybe you're getting to the place where you could say, I am tired of that same outcome happening. If that's where you are, then you have to change something about what you always do. And to, to take you onto that path to move you closer to Jesus, we're trying to, we're trying to give you options and opportunities to step into hope, to step into a new life, even though it's a little bit scary even though I don't know exactly how it's going to turn out, even though, all the even those, we're calling you to go forward to take another step. And this one, this one really doesn't matter whether you're uh, 8 or 88. We all enter into these relationships with some nervousness. I don't know what it's going to be like to interact with that guy at that club that I go to. I don't know what it's going to be like to be with that girl that I sit with at school. She's always got something mean to say. What, what's, 
What's it going to be like to be around her? I'm scared of her because she's going to make me feel like nothing. What if they don't appreciate the way I am, the way I dress, the shoes that I have? What if, what if I can't connect? What, what if I don't like the way they are? What if I find out that they vote for the other candidate, not the one that I vote for? What will I be able to do? God, I, I need to trust you because I'm tired of my relationships being somewhat cloudy. I want to move into this relationship with you where you come and the power of your spirit enables me to get by, to get through, to get over so that I can be an example of what it looks like for someone to bear up under, to overcome, and to come through so that I can be part of a story of hope for somebody else when they say, it's too much, there's no way, they have a story. All they need is one story where somebody else came through because you know we all have stories about how things went wrong. We all have the stories where something went horrible for someone else and those are the ones that we tell each other. We've got to start telling the stories of people who have overcome or who are in the midst of overcoming and encourage those stories and encourage ourselves with them and share those kind of stories because they're filled with hope. When God meets us, he transforms us. This is what the new covenant was supposed to be. We take that unsteady step forward. I don't know what's going to happen and I'm nervous. I don't know if I'm going to run out. I'm running out of love. I'm going to run out of relationship. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to run out of whatever it is that you think that you don't have enough of. I, and I'm nervous. God, I don't, know how, I don't know what's going to happen if I take another step. That's when faith kicks in. And we have that next opportunity, that next step. Because you don't walk alone. Because Jesus promised that he'll never leave us and he will never forsake us. And that, that he can work even the worst circumstances into good things. He didn't say that the good things were, the bad things were good things. He said, even when a bad thing happens, I can take it and I can rewrite it. I can reformat it and I can turn it into something else. I can turn it into something more. I can take your tragedy and I can make it a beautiful thing. It'll take some time. Trust me though. What I start, I will complete. The, the, the part that you see now is the part that I will grow on and we will add more. All of this is what's sort of encompassed when he uh, gathered with his close friends on that night that we'll call Thursday. And on that Thursday, they were having supper upstairs and he started to tell them what was going to happen to him and they go, I don't know what he's saying. Can you, can you pass the bread, though? I, I don't know what he's getting at. He sounds like he's kind of talking about jibber-jabber. And it sounds like things are going to go bad, but he's Jesus, so things are going to go great, right? And this is the, the story that we're going to talk about again a little bit more. And so we, we, we have the perspective now from, from, from history to look back on what that was. But for those disciples at that time in that dinner, they didn't know what was going to happen, but the ground was about to fall out from underneath them. And so Paul... As, as he's talking later, he's, he sent a, a letter to his friends who had lived in a city called Corinth. And, and he's trying to say, look, I, I'm trying to tell you about what it was like to be around Jesus and what it was like to, to, to trust him and to have this relationship that was going to change the way I live so that I'm going to go on the road and, and just make and repair tents and, and pay for myself so that I can go from town to town and city to city and country to country just to tell them that God loves them. 
That was the change that happened for Paul. And as he's writing to his friends in Corinth, he says, for I received from the Lord what I've also passed on to you. I didn't, I didn't hold it back. I, I gave it to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, that was the Thursday night. We, we sometimes call that Maundy Thursday. It happens right before Good Friday. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, like food, regular food, a regular meal. He took that bread and, 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 and he, when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying. So bread on the table and the, the drink that they had there is what he chose. They didn't go to the store and buy uh, re- religious food. It was re- regular food. It's just what they were eating. And, and he chose to take that was incredibly common and make it incredibly significant so that whenever we do common things, we remember that this is what our Savior wanted us to have, common as in part of all of our lives, as in unavoidable. It it comes up all the time. Here it is for me. And he took the cup, the drink that they were going to have, and he said, "Um, this is the blood of the new covenant. And there's so much that's in there. We've talked in the last number of weeks about the difference or how the words testament and covenant mean the same thing, but the difference between what the old covenant was and what the new covenant is, we, we, we talked about that, and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. The blood is the guarantee. It's the payment. I'm, I'm buying this so that you can have this new relationship with me. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, so when you have it, choose to put your mind on me. Think back to me. Reflect, interact, trust, put your eyes up. Choose what your eyes will see. Choose what you will speak about. Do this in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And when we proclaim the Lord's death, we, we, we remember that this was the plan that God the Father put in motion through the, the work, the action of His Son who was then empowered by the Holy Spirit to do whatever it was that He needed to do. Which is the same way that it can work for us through the inspiration of the Heavenly Father worked out through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the plan. That's, that's God's strategy for how we make a difference in this world. Jesus is the model that we follow. He is the the master, but he was the one who came that he would demonstrate to us how, while still demonstrating the love that God had for us at the same time. This is, if you ever want to say, well, how, how, how come it doesn't feel like God loves me now? You go, well, remember what he already did to show you that he loves you, so that you could never doubt, this is, this is it. This is the starting spot. God is here now. As we move ahead, we're going to go into communion now. And the way that we have practiced communion here, not all the time, but frequently what we do is we, uh, we have a table set up at the back. And at the back you can get a cup of grape juice and you can have a uh, piece of bread. And those are the symbols that we use to say, we're going to choose to remember the Lord's death until He comes. We're going to celebrate 
the gift that he gave us. But, but when we say that, we always have a big asterisk there with a, with a drop-down menu that says, and don't forget the resurrection. We don't just celebrate the death of Christ. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ. That's the hint. That's what we talk about on Easter. So look forward to that. But to get to Easter, we've got to go through some of the other parts, some of the, some of the hardship of that story. And so we're going to ask you eventually to, uh, to, to get up and you'll walk and you'll go and you'll, you'll take a piece. And because I think the relationship side is so important, I would encourage you again. If, if you've been a Christian for a long time, this is, this is a really private thing and it's really quiet and you don't make eye contact with anyone. I'm going, take your private, quiet time before you go. Ask God to reveal to you the things that you need to be forgiven for. He's faithful in that. Not only is he faithful to to remind you of the things that you need to be forgiven for, when you ask, he is faithful to forgive you for them so that when you go, you can go knowing that you've already been forgiven. But then when you have a chance, either go with your family or, or connect with another friend and look each other in the eye as you remind each other what this thing is that we do. We're choosing to remember Christ. We're choosing to remember Jesus. We're choosing to remember what he has done and we're choosing to put our life in submission to his lordship. Faith. The risk that says, I don't know what's going to happen. But for the rest of today and for tomorrow, for the rest of this month, for the going forward, I'm going to trust you again. That you would be the Lord. That you would empower. That you would direct me. That I will come through. I will bear up under and I will overcome. All of that is sort of housed in our communion. But if you can share that with someone else, then we, then we don't have to walk it alone. And that can help us to move to the place of saying, I need help. And that's what we want. We want that relationship to grow. Not that you're going to just tell anyone who will listen everything that's wrong in your life, but you will grow to have a relationship where you can say, I need help. And the, and the truth is we already know that we all need help but we have a hard time admitting it face-to-face sometimes. So today is more about the relationship side. We choose together. And you have the power to offer a blessing. Did you know that? You have the power to ask that God would bless the person standing across from you. God, please bless them. But coming from you, that's that's a relational thing that motivated by the heavenly father lived out through you maybe even empowered by the holy spirit to transfer more than you have in your own wallet so that's what we're going to do we're going to go to the back let's say you want to come in this sort of a rotation because the aisles are kind of narrow we get jammed up so come around in this way grab your stuff um parents if you're with children you decide where where they are what you would like to, how you would like to make this real for them. There's no magic in what we do, but there is the chance to say, I will choose to submit. I will choose to recognize the Lordship of Christ. And so we, we offer that kind of an opportunity. Do that with your family. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to do. You can even take a moment and pray together. Risk, right? It's awkward. I know it's awkward. Risk. Father, 
Thank you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you for what you are doing and you are doing right now. And I know that some of us are nervous about what these next seconds might have and I don't know how to do it and I won't say the right thing. So calm and peace. May there be peace. The Spirit of God from the Prince of Peace. Allow us to rest in you. Meet us as we choose again to look upon you, to remember what you have done and what you are doing and the promise for what you will continue to do. May our faith grow as we sense your presence with us and as we sense your presence in the people around us. Draw us together, Father. Purify our hearts transform our minds and the way that we think. Continue to set us free that we would serve you well. In Jesus' name, amen.